London's population grew at a rapid rate in the 19th century, and the city soon ran out of places to bury its dead. The answer was the creation of huge suburban cemeteries around the edge of the capital. Their grand monuments and more modest headstones connect us directly to the past, giving us compelling clues to fascinating lives. Local historian Mike Guilfoyle has made it his mission to uncover some of the extraordinary stories that lay behind the epitaphs at the Ladywell and Brockley Cemetery in South East London. More than 150,000 people are thought to have been buried in this leafy, peaceful resting place. Some famous in their day, some infamous. Many deserving recognition once again. These are the stories behind the London Epitaphs. One of the most intriguing and moving monuments in Ladywell Cemetery is the gravestone of Jane Cluson, a 17-year-old girl who was murdered in 1871 and whose burial and headstone were paid for by public subscription. The monument stands alone in a clearing and features the statue of a crouching child with clasped hands. The inscription quotes her last words as, Oh, let me die. We know from the epitaph that Jane was killed violently and that there was considerable public sympathy for the young woman. But for the whole dramatic story, I am indebted to the Colorado-based historian Paul Thomas Murphy and his best-selling book, Pretty Jane and the Viper of Kidbrook Lane, for telling the whole sorry tale. Jane Maria Cluson was born in Deptford, South London, in 1854. Her mother died when she was 13, and a year later she began working as a servant in the home of Ebenezer Pook, who owned a printing business with connections in the Times newspaper. One of Ebenezer's children, Edmund Walter Pook, was only three years older than Jane and was said to suffer from fits and could not be left alone. At some point, the young man started a relationship with the servant girl. Early in 1871, Jane was dismissed from the service of the Pook family and the reasons given were that she was lazy and generally unpleasant. In fact, she was sacked because Edmund's parents had found out about the affair and as one of Ebenezer's other children had already married below his station, it would not have been fitting for another child to be in the same position. Jane went to live with her aunt Elizabeth, but letters went back and forth between the two, two young people. Unfortunately, neither of them kept these letters, and in, in one of them, Jane brought the news to Edmund that she was pregnant with his child. On receiving the news, Edmund arranged to meet Jane near Blackheath, and Jane told her aunt that Edmund was planning to take her away and marry her. On April the 25th, 1871, Jane was discovered by a policeman on Kidbrook Lane, having been severely beaten and in a state of near death. All she was able to say was, Oh, let me die. Before passing out, she was rushed to Guy's Hospital but never regained consciousness and died a few days later after her 17th birthday. A few days later, a hammer was found covered in blood about a mile from where Jane had been discovered. It was traced to a shop where the owner later identified Edmund as the person who had purchased it. What's more, a man matching Edmund's description was seen running from the scene of the crime. The police interviewed Edmund, who eventually stated that he had been running home alone because he felt a fit coming on. Blood seen on his clothes was explained away as being from him biting his tongue during the episode. 
The case went to the coroner's court first, where Edmund was accused of the willful murder of Jane. The young man was then brought before the Central Criminal Court at the Old Bailey. Here the result was very different. By now the Poot family had obtained the services of a brilliant lawyer and a prosecution case that had seemed so cut and dried was pulled to pieces with witnesses proving unreliable and flaky. The judge ordered that Jane's last words were inadmissible as they were hearsay. Secondly, he chastised the police, saying that they had been too quick to make the arrest and had hounded Edmund with no real evidence. Edmund Poot was found not guilty of murder. Public unrest followed the court decision. People felt that Edmund had been let off due to clear class discrimination. When a pamphlet did the rounds accusing him of the murder of Jane Cluson, Edmund hired a lawyer to help him bring a case of slander. During the civil trial that followed, Edmund had no choice but to answer questions that the prosecution had not been able to put to him at the criminal hearing, and the public felt even more strongly convinced that he was guilty. However, the court ended up awarding him £50 in damages. Jane's funeral was a huge affair. The route between her aunt Elizabeth's house in Deptford and the cemetery was lined with thousands of people. So many, in fact, that the police had to come out in force to control the crowds. Many onlookers threw flowers onto the carriage that carried the girl's body and into the path of the horses. Jane was laid to rest on a plot of land not far from the place where her mother and her older sister lie and which was donated by the local council. A committee that had been formed to pay the damages to Edmund in the slander trial now set about raising funds for a monument that would convey the sentiments of all those who felt she had been wronged, not just by her lover, but by a society as a whole. The gravestone, adorned by its very Victorian symbol of the entreating child, still stands alone in the depths of the cemetery, where its damning description can be read for all to see to this very day. London Epitaphs was produced by Tempest Productions. 